25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Here we go, hour number two of the show, off and running on this Thursday. I'm Matt Beavers here, and you are here. That's most important. We don't have a show without you. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for listening. And uh, y'all can hit us up on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Call us on the Divini phone, Divini equipment, Madison and in Jackson. It's 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, did I get it right? Four million followers. He's the NBA guru. According to him, the NBA's Board of Governors has voted to approve the league's 22-team format to restart the 2019 and 20 season in Orlando. It's going to happen. The NBA's Board of Governors, they've approved it. The 2019-20 season will happen for the NBA. It will happen on television. There will be 22 teams playing in some type of format. At this point, though, my question is, who cares what the format is? (laughs) I know they care, and we're all going to learn it and watch. And, man, let me just ask you, how bad does Major League Baseball look right now? They're in a fight. They can't play. They're supposed to be playing, and they're they're not going to anytime soon. I have a feeling the NBA approving this and the praise that they're going to get for coming back because people want sports, it actually may contribute and motivate Major League Baseball to get their act together and get going. Anyway, that news broke about five minutes ago. Uh, If you're listening live here in the middle of the day, will you watch? So the questions that pop up on that subject, we can get into it later, are – If you weren't an NBA fan before, or if you're just, you know, on the kind of edge, kind of like me, you're out there, you don't just watch every single night. You like basketball, but you don't watch every single night. You wouldn't describe yourself as a diehard fan of the NBA. You're not necessarily against it in any shape, form, or fashion. But because it's coming back first, will you be much more invested in watching it and paying attention to it, and therefore a fan of the NBA now that they're going to come back and play for you and be the first back. Will you? I bet you will. Whether we know it or not, I guarantee you will. As a sports fan, you definitely will. And I guarantee you, you know, the the folks who bet on sports really will also. 
I mean, ha- happy to have a an actual game to take a look at other than Korean baseball. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so let me know. Uh, as mentioned before, lots of ways to be a part of the show. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Uh, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. It's 995-1059. So Drew Brees had to apologize. What are your thoughts? Um, he says he missed the mark. Now, I'm not going down the path of opining on it, but it obviously is probably, um, I mean, it's going to be and already is most talked about story out there, and we have a ton of Saints fans in this area. So Drew Brees issued an apology today. He made comments yesterday about disrespecting the flag of the United States. Today, he's saying those comments, quote, completely missed the mark. Um, Quote, breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. There was a lot of backlash last night. You know, people saying ugly stuff and chanting his name and all that kind of stuff. During an interview yesterday on Yahoo Finance, Breeze, this is yesterday, he backed up his previous stance years past when you had the whole kneeling during the national anthem thing when he said he would never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. And he later told ESPN that he stands with his teammates fighting for racial equality and justice, but also stands with the military past and present. So where's the rub? Where's the issue? All right, so there was harsh criticism from his teammates, including Malcolm Jenkins, said he was hurt by what Bree said. He says what he said was, what Bree said was, um, what's the quote here? Extremely self-centered is what he said. And in an Instagram post today, Thursday, Breeze said that he was apologizing to his friends, teammates, uh, New Orleans, the black community, the NFL community, and anyone, here's the quote, anyone I hurt with my comments yesterday. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. Uh, I'll stop it right there. You know it. You can go read it for yourself. Uh, you can decide, you know, one side or the other. He caught flack. You know, my question is, you, you know, what does what's the difference between blowback, uh, negative feedback that you receive from people one-on-one face-to-face that you're on a team with or, let's say, in a business with, versus what you get on social media, online, and other stuff. I think those two things are a lot of times different, at least in terms of how we react to them or will react to them. I know that for me. Like a lot of times I may get, you know, justified criticism from somebody for something I said or, you know, on a broadcast or in a, during a game, and I may get criticism of that on social media. I may get... Somebody says something on Twitter or Facebook, but I kind of, a lot of times I just roll my eyes. I'm like, ah, well, so what? I don't even know that person. 
But if it's one-on-one or somebody I need to see every day or somebody I'm, I'm working with or I have a relationship and I get negative feedback from them, then it's much more likely I'll listen <laughs> and maybe learn from it. So I think when your own teammates say, hey, man, this is not the time or the place, um, you you have a tendency to listen. I think that's probably what's going on with, with Breeze. Now, many, 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 many people out there look at this and go, well, look, can you be patriotic about the United States of America, the symbol of the flag, the symbol of the national anthem? Can you be patriotic about all that and still be totally sensitive to race issues and, and that kind of stuff? Well, yeah. Absolutely. Those two things can 100% coexist. If they can't, then what are we, what the heck are we all doing? The answer is, yeah, they can coexist. It's just I think in this there's an issue of timing and wording is, is that. And, you know, it's all what really matters is what goes on for him inside the Saints locker room. So on that note, a Mississippi native Saints linebacker Demario Davis Today was crediting Breeze for, you know, issuing an apology. He said that it was true leadership to look at it, issue an apology. Here's what Davis said today in an interview on CNN. DeMario Davis said, What we had hoped the first time was that Drew would elaborate more on racism and the sentiments of the black community. And he admitted he missed the mark. So for him to come out and say, I missed the mark, I've been in insensitive, but what I'm going to start doing is listening and learning and finding ways that I can help them. He said, I think that's a model for all of America. Um, So anyway, that's kind of where that issue stands. I know there's just been tons and tons and tons of feedback and talk about it, but it is a major story and um, it's not going away. You're going to continue to hear about it. Earlier in the show today, someone texted in, I think it was Nick who texted in and brought up the trouble at Florida State. Now, that's another story as a sports fan, a college football fan, you're going to want to be aware of. Um, They have a star defensive lineman named Marvin Wilson, and he got on social media disputing something that the new coach at Florida State, Mike Norvell, over there from Memphis, said. All right. During an interview with The Athletic earlier in the week, it was in the interview uh, written and posted that he said, quote, I've had a lot of open communication with the players, and we went back and forth individually with every player this weekend. Um, Also, according to the article, Norville had this quote, quote, and that was something that was important to me because this is a heartbreaking time in our country. You you see hate, you see discrimination, you see some of the acts that have occurred. I mean, it's a problem, and it's something that we have to stand together, and we have to work to get fixed. That's the end of the, the long quote. Well, his player at Florida State, Marvin Wilson, one of his best players, uh, quoted that article posted by the reporter, where Mike Norvell says he had conversations with the uh, players. Uh, Marvin Wilson, the player, said, man, this is, and then he used uh, an emoji there, the poop emoji. He said, did not happen. 
He says, we got a generated text that was sent to everybody. There was no one-on-one talk between us and coach. This is a lie. And me and my teammates as a whole are outraged. And we will not be working out until further notice. Okay, that was earlier today at Florida State. Now, they have confirmed that uh, the football team did meet. Uh, Since then, there has been a confirmation, I think that was in a board meeting, that included the AD and the president of the school that said uh, the team and the coaching staff had a closed-door meeting. They expressed all points and sides and that everything's fine and they're moving on. But a little bit of a rocky start right there. That was the story that was brought up earlier in the show. Now, you know this. There's, in interviews, especially with touchy issues, in interviews there are blanket statements that are put out by coaching staffs, by coaches, by PR staffs. Look, I worked in sports information for just a couple of years, but I've always been around it. You know, we, we worked with sports information directors at Mississippi State when I was a player. Um, we deal with them now in the media. In between there, just for a couple of years at the junior college level, I was doing sports information for one of the JUCOs here in the state. And during that time, there were times when maybe something happened, a press release was going out, somebody needed a news story about a signee or a player on the team, you couldn't, you know, get the reporter and the coach together. But at the time, you know, you might just make a blanket quote on behalf of the coach, run it by that coach and say, hey, does this look good with you? He goes, yeah, it's fine. He gives you a thumbs up, and that's what you go with. Now, I hate to bust everybody's bubble to let you know that kind of stuff happens. But there are a lot of times now since then I'll read press releases. I'll read other things on, you know, school websites that have a quote from the coach on there. And I read it and I go, that coach didn't say that. And he didn't write it either. It's just written by somebody else and it's blanket, it's generic, and it just works. You know, it got the job done in the story. I hate to tell you that, but it happens. It's just a fact. Uh, And it's innocuous. It has no impact, really. Anything impactful. Now, anything controversial or particularly a hot-button issue, nobody's going to on any staff is going to make up a quote for that coach then. In in a situation like that, they're not going to make the quote up. In this case, the reason I bring that up is this is a case, I think, of before these things. Yeah, it's a lie. It, it's to say it happened and it didn't, that's the definition of an untruth. That's the definition of a lie. Okay. But it also is one of these things where, you know, you grant access and in the middle of an interview, maybe a first-year head coach realizes, you know, it hits him. We should have already talked to our team about this. And then he decides maybe he's going to do these things. But even though he hasn't done them yet, he goes ahead and says that we've done them. Well, that's a definition of a lie, but it's, also, sometimes a coach's way of getting through an interview. Well, this happens to be a hot-button issue, so that goes out there, and one of his players says, this didn't happen. We didn't talk to him. I think it's a great example of that ain't going to cut it. 
on hot button issues, and that is just kind of projecting the whole situation. Just say whatever you've got to say to get through. It's really not smart. That's the other thing about it, too, that I think for Mike Norvell, who first-year Florida State coach, has got to realize it's a whole different ball of wax coaching at Florida State versus at Memphis. Okay, not that you weren't covered at Memphis. You were, but this is different. And, you know, there's going to be more scrutiny, not only outside the building but inside of it. And, you know, as the coach at Florida State, you can't in an interview say that you have done things, even if you intend to get them done. You can't jump out here and say you've done certain things when you haven't done it. The last statement on this that you got, was uh, what I mentioned, the athletic director there at Florida State, David Coburn, says the team and the coaches met today. He made this appearance today on a call with the school's board of trustees and um, basically describing it as the meeting was open and candid. And then he says, I believe we are moving on from there. So, you know, they've talked it out. And, heck, if you're the coach and you did that, you probably had to tell your team, hey, man, look, I, you know, I'm, if, if you're in Mike Norvell, how would you handle it if you're in Mike Norvell's shoes when you've basically been caught through this article in a, in a lie and caught out by one of your own players? Well, number one, you just got to own it, admit what it is, and accept responsibility in front of your team. But I would almost guarantee you the explanation is, hey, guys, I'm sorry about that. But the thing is, we were sitting here in an interview, and I'm getting asked these questions. We fully are going through the process of sending out texts, getting a chance to talk to you all about it and all that kind of stuff. And I just, you know, I talked about things we were planning on doing, just hadn't done it yet. Uh, Yeah, it, it wasn't true. I was just kind of getting through the interview. Sorry it caused a problem, and I just hope you all understand. I mean, that's about the only thing you can do. But, man, what a lesson it is, is that, you know, especially with hot-button issues like this, and you're giving an interview as a Division One head coach in a Power Five conference. I mean, you think a little white lie is going to go over lightly? Uh, it's not. And in this case, it's really embarrassing, I think, for him to have kind of been called out by his own player on it. Uh, so there's lots and lots and lots of things swirling around about all this stuff out there. I mean, it it really is. The good news uh, on the college football front that I kind of plopped down in your lap earlier today in the first hour, the governor out in the state of Texas uh, said that they were upping the allowed capacity in professional and college stadiums to 50%. Good news for games like that season opener between USC and Alabama is supposed to take place out in Jerry's world. Uh, that's on the that's on your headlines for uh, the last 24 hours. Bad news, you, you are having players that are coming back to campuses all over the place that are showing up asymptomatic but testing positive for coronavirus, including one at Ole Miss and one staff member. They're quarantining those folks, and so far nothing negative, really negative, has come up in those situations. And if you're just looking for something to read that you might find interesting if you know to whet your college football appetite, uh, try this on for size. Florida's Dan Mullen talking yesterday in an interview with Pat McAfee um, about players returning, uh, the outlook for the season, 
um, all that kind of stuff. He basically told Pat McAfee that we're going undefeated. <laughs> now, you know, leave it to Dan Mullen to say something that people really hang their hat on. It's not like it's, it would be the first time he's done it. He was asked a question, expectations for the season. He looks at it. His reasoning is basically, you know, I don't have any games on my schedule that I don't expect us to win. And he said, I expect us to go undefeated this year. He said, I'm not guaranteeing it because I'll be honest with you, I have two national championship rings here at Florida, and we didn't go undefeated in either of those two seasons. But we still won national championships. He went on to say, when I look at our schedule every year, I assume we are, meaning we are going undefeated. And if I looked at it and said, hey, I don't see us winning that game, I guess I'd tell the coaches, hey, why don't you guys go home? We're not going to win this one anyway, so this time of year you assume you go undefeated every year. What do you think about that answer? (laughs) He says, I don't assume we're going to lose any games. I expect us to win every game. And therefore, I expect us to go undefeated this year. Never let it be said that Dan Mullen does not know how to get attention for himself (laughs) in an interview. Let me just give you a little secret. Florida's not going undefeated this year. Now, they they may win it all. Who knows? But they're not going undefeated. I'll make that prediction here on June the 4th. I don't know how safe it is. This one's safe, though. The NBA is going to play. I'm actually looking forward to it for the first time in 25 years. All right, stick around. Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agent in all 82 counties across the state. Also, we stay connected to you here because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Uh, apologies to all of y'all on the uh, country please and text line that I've delayed in getting to some of your texts. I was just having an issue with it here. So not a connection issue or a text line issue. It was a computer issue. My little handy-dandy laptop just decided to lock up on me, so I had to get rid of my browser and download a, 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 the Chrome browser again and get it plugged in and open it back up and log back in, and now I'm finally logged back in. So it's not your fault, it's mine. So I apologize for delaying and getting to some of your texts. I just could not see them there for a good little bit. Now I've got the phone line pulled up, too. So let's go phone call, and then I'm coming to your text. The Divinity Equipment phone line has Lynn hanging on. Appreciate you calling, Lynn. What's up? Hey, Matt. Hey, I got a question for you, Johnny, concerning, concerning Dan Mullen. I don't, I don't understand why that they, they try to turn that into a story. What's he supposed to say? What's any coach supposed to say at any level? Yep. You don't tell your right. kids or, or your players, well, we, we can't win this game. We can't win it. We know they're more talented, whatever. What is, 
who was it? Was it Coach Edwards or Dungey Little played to win the game? I don't mean you guarantee to win the game, but you play the game to win the game. You can know they're more right. talented. The more talented team does not always win the football game. They, they just don't work that way all the time. Exactly, Lynn. And, and you know, that whole fr- that phrase that you just brought up, you know, what do you expect them to say? I find myself saying that and thinking that a lot throughout the football season because there will always be comments from players and coaches and it will get made into a story. And you go, well, what do you expect them to say? And I think, Lynn, the other thing that a lot of people don't understand or lose sight of Players and coaches have to psych themselves out to a certain degree. What I mean by that is, yeah, go ahead. Did you ever go into a football game, going into it saying, we're beat? No. Even, even the longest odds, uh, even the longest odds when – Whenever and, and frankly, in my college career, we weren't on a ton of teams where we were huge underdogs. But when we were pretty big underdogs, you still went in there thinking, "Man, we're about to pull this off." <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that's my point. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that, that, there's something about that with today's world that just it grinds my gears, man. And I don't, I don't like it in T-ball, or they don't keep scoring. It's okay to lose too. There ain't nothing wrong with it. It's part of life. Well, that's right. And, Lynn, what I was saying, too, is a lot of people forget that players and coaches in probably psychology, you know, they talk about the the idea of self-talk, the way you talk to yourself and how powerful it can be. And I listen, there's something to it. We all know that is when you're out there, let's say, you know, you're out here and you're trying to, you know, go out and jog for three miles. Well, that first mile is oh. tough, and that second mile is harder, and that third mile, you want to finish it, you're in your own head, and you're having to tell yourself, keep going, keep going, no matter how bad it hurts, keep going. That self-talk in your head, and it becomes a, an actualizing thing. It becomes something that the way, the thoughts you have in your head it begins to become reality. You start living it out. These coaches and these players know that. And, and they train themselves year-round to not even discuss losing, not even consider losing. That's, they, it's like a soldier in, 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 in war psyching himself out to go face first into gunfire. You've got you to gotta get that courage built up. <laughs> and it takes a yep. certain inner dialogue to make that happen. And there's a little bit of that with coaches and players, and we can't expect them to then step into the interview room and completely shut that off because they never will. So you have a good point. I, I hope not. You know, they do. They need a new job. But anyway, man, great right. show. We'll, we'll catch you another day. Thanks, Lynn. Appreciate you calling. Um, earlier I had a text. We brought up the whole drone thing uh jason was asking me to come up to belmont and i you can fly that drone and we'll do it i mentioned that i went through the process of getting my license so i'm you know the the small unmanned aircraft pilot license from the faa i'm legal i can go through the whole process of even if it's in restricted airspace i can get approval i can do 
you know, yes, recreational, but also commercial work, which I do. And I got a question on the country, please, and text line. Somebody said, how much and how tough is the drone license test? I love flying my DJ Mavic, and I've debated about uh, getting licensed. Um, in Okay, so the test that I took was at an airport up in uh, DeSoto County. It cost me 150 bucks. And in my understanding, you pay 150 bucks to take the test once and pass or fail, it costs you 150 bucks. So if you fail it and you go study and you go back, it'll cost you another 150 bucks. It's the way it was when I took it uh, over a year ago. And I made sure that I studied and studied and studied and studied and was ready to go pass it. Um, and even after all that studying, and as confident as I was that I could pass it, I sat down and started taking the test, and the questions were a lot different than what I studied. And it took some figuring and some thinking, and it, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, did pass it. The test, I would say, was a little bit tougher than any of the practice testing I had gone through. I did not ace it. Um, I think I was somewhere in that you know, 82nd, 83rd percentile there and and passed it fine, I, but I didn't ace it, so I did have missed questions. Yeah, I would recommend spending way more time studying to be ready than you think you will need. And if you do that, and maybe even spend a little money on some really high-end practice testing, uh, you, you're going to be okay. Yeah, but make sure you... Anybody that thinks, ah, well, I studied for a week or two and watched a few videos, and I'll just throw 150 bucks at it. Trust me, you will not pass it. That's just my opinion uh, on it. Chris is hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Chris? What's up, Matt? So I'm yep. gonna um, I'm gonna go off of. I don't know if you you don't listen to Bo's show, do you? Well, uh, I do when I can, Chris. I just don't get a ton of opportunity to do it. Yeah, well, they they had a thing on today where um, Bobby Belt was on there about the Cowboys, and I, I brought it up on Chris's show, but I'm going to bring it up in a different light on your show. Um, okay. You know, everybody, everybody, he was talking about how Dak was worth it, how he had done you know, basically proved everybody wrong, look at all the stats and go look at it and everything proves itself to where he deserves the money that he's asking for. But the second thing I wanted to say is just how smart is Jerry Jones? Mm-hmm. I mean, really think about that for a minute. Everybody wants to rag on him and this, that, and the other. But what what exactly sports do we have going on right now? And what has everybody been talking about? Right. The whole time. They've been talking about the Cowboys. And how do they stay a mainstream brand and the biggest brand in football? Because everybody talks about them. And you think that man don't know that? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, people need to realize they probably have a contract sitting in there that they've all agreed on. And they're just going to wait to the last minute because Jerry knows the more that they talk about them and the more that everybody talks about them, that, you know, he's gaining money. Yeah. So well, I, I wanted and, to say that, and, and that's NFL. my opinion. 
Right. Well, right. I what mean, what I was saying, Chris, is he knows that what th- that dynamic you're talking about—it's not even their preseason; it's their off season, and they still, the Cowboys and the NFL, have still dominated every sports conversation out there. I mean, and look. You know, yesterday and today, the Drew Brees thing is dominating the sports conversation, but it's still the NFL. That's what's amazing to me. Um, and this is not the angle you were looking at, too, but I look at, for instance, Chris, like I look at Major League Baseball and the fact that, you know, they can't figure out a way to play a few baseball games out here. And baseball's one, baseball is the one professional sport that they could have no fans in the stands and it wouldn't make a lick of difference to the TV product. Yet they still right. can't figure it out and it would benefit them the most if they would come back and play. Like they can't do it. No matter what they do, the NFL dominates it. But I agree with you, Chris. You could very easily convince me that behind the scenes, they know that dragging this thing out all the way to July the 15th is actually good for all of them in the long run. You could convince me of that very easily. Good point. Appreciate the call. All right, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you later. See you. Chris is out. Rebel Greg on the Country Pleasing text line said his favorite Hail Mary play was Doug Flutie, and then maybe the Bluegrass Miracle play. You talk about an underrated one. Go look that one up. The Bluegrass Miracle, LSU. Premature celebration over there on the home sideline. Good one. All right, we'll wrap it up with you next in the Farm Bureau studio. Stay with me. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. The heat and humidity is here. I don't know what the high is today. I just know it's like humid. The humidity has gotten here the last couple of days. Y'all noticed it. Somebody texted the show earlier today, and they said, uh, "Where? what is the origin of this phrase? It's hot as, quote, all get out. <laughs> and what we know is, man, it's nowhere near as hot as it's going to be. Like today, the high is around 90. The next couple of days, Friday, Saturday, highs in the mid nineties. Yeah, it's still it's not it's still early June. I mean, we're not talking about August yet, hundred, and that's still coming. But the humidity's here, so we got time to uh, get used to it. Hey, Beaver, have with the hot weather um, for a couple of days, humidity. Have you yet discovered the benefits of that shaved head? Yep. Yep, I have. <laughs> All except for the sweat now runs down into your face a little easier, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is also true. Yeah, it is. Well, it's not. Yesterday, I'll tell you what I did yesterday, Beaver. Um, You know, I mentioned to you the benefits of being able to, like, you you have a bald head, right? You don't have all that mop of hair up there, sweaty and hot. And every now and then, if you can catch a breeze, you just take your hat off and... the the breeze flows right over that aerodynamic 
bald head of yours and it just cools you off so much quicker. Mm-hmm. I discovered the coolest place in all of the Vicksburg Military Park yesterday afternoon. I discovered. I know exactly the spot. Coolest it is, as in awesome or temperature-wise? Temperature-wise. Ah. Like, because yesterday, you know, sun's out, it's 90 degrees and humid, and you're on the you're halfway into this four-mile walk. You're two miles into it. you got two miles to go. And every now and then you need to stop and catch breath, you know? Mm-hmm. For old people, i got my hand if you're an old person, right? Where it is is in the doorway of the Illinois Monument. <laughs> that The biggest monument in that whole part, and it's that Illinois. You know what I'm talking about? Beaver's got the big steps leading up to it, and it's like a dome in there. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't think of it just right off the top of my head. Yeah, you'd know because it's like the one monument in the whole park that you actually can walk into. All the rest of them, you just stand and look at them. It's a big concrete thing. This deal has like three levels of big marble steps leading up to it. You go inside, and it's this big Roman-style dome deal with a hole in the middle of it up there. And even though there's a hole in the middle of it, it never rains in there. It's weird how that happens. But because there's a hole in the top of that dome and the door is open on the front, it just sucks air into that doorway and right out the top of that thing. <laughs> and so, yeah, you need to cool off. You just go stand right in the doorway. And I took my hat off, and I thought, man, I'm so thankful for this bald head right now because I got cool in a hurry. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what we're about here, folks, on this show. Here's what you should do, Matt. You know, a lot of people... What they do, and this is all out on the internet, you know, people locate, like, okay, say they're planning a trip somewhere. What are yeah. the cheapest places to eat? You know, what are the places with the most historical significance? All these different things. Right. You right. have gone and located the coolest places. <laughs> yes. As in, yeah. what, where are the temperature wise? <laughs> that's the most random list ever. I would love it to is. see that. Right, because and then if we, you know, the thing about it is you put that list on the Internet, you make the headline the coolest places in every national park, we'd have to, you have to extend the headline. It has to say the coolest, parentheses, in, in terms of temperature. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I could certainly find them. You know, I've, I've searched those places out. Hey, look, I, I probably shouldn't tell you this on the radio, but I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Why not? We're off the air in a few minutes anyway, whatever. I'll deal with it tomorrow. The other day, not yesterday, but a few days earlier, one of the things I wanted to hike into that park and see, Beaver, is the bamboo forest. It is this big thicket of, like, really old, huge, tall bamboo, and it's behind the Louisiana Monument, which is kind of like uh, another, you know, uh, significant part of that park i'd always heard about it people talked about it It was cool i'd never seen it i hike all the way back to it i'm like there it is and then i look and look here's a little trail going into the bamboo forest i'm gonna walk in there right so i i I walk in i have to duck down underneath some of the limbs and next thing you know i look and i'm in this just incredible looking bamboo forest these things are really tall they've been there forever Uh, there's no underbrush it's really different it's just different but I wasn't five feet on the trail into it. And I stopped, and I'm looking around, and I started to hear something. 
I started to hear flies buzzing, like bees or flies or something. And I located the where the sound was coming from, and I looked down, and it's close to my feet, about two feet away. And you know what it was, Beaver? What? Some hiker needed a place to relieve himself. No. Yeah. Some hiker mm -hmm, had walked into the bamboo forest on the trail that leads into it and and didn't go three feet off the trail. And they they apparently had located a few pieces of paper. (laughs) He tried to clean himself up. But there it was, just right there on the ground. That's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. Shame on that person. That's horrible. Well, you know, and here's what it is. This is why I guarantee you what it is. Some out-of-towner, you know, decides they're going to have the whole experience, right? So they probably went and had, I don't know, barbecue for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Walks, and they're going to go walk in the afternoon. It's hotter than they're used to. At that point of the park is as far away from the welcome center as you can possibly get in that park and still be in the park. And they had to go. And there it was. I mean, of all the things, you know, and I, what was so demoralizing is this is what I walked to see. This bamboo forest, what I specifically went in there to see. And then there it is in all its glory. So don't, folks, I understand sometimes, you know, but at least take it off the path, you know, at least try to, Hide somewhere. That's all I'm saying. You know, don't put it in the vicinity where some unsuspecting traveler could step in it. All right. That's gross. Moving on. (sighs) Patrick on the country pleasing text line says, um, what's the deal out of Florida State with the team and Norvell? They, Patrick, are saying they have diffused the situation. He lied in an interview about having communicated with his team about race issues one of his players called him out when the quote became public, said it didn't happen. Today they are saying that they talked as a team, they're moving forward, and it's not a big deal. Okay, so it was closed-door meeting. We don't have any details, all this. You know, you're probably not going to hear anything else about it. That's what I would think. Most likely you're not going to hear anything else about it. But that's the details as of. Right now, Andrew says on the text line, we should change the name to the Bamboo Forest. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. Uh, Interesting text. Earlier we were talking about the Civil War stuff, and uh, Denzel said, when General Sherman was marching through east-central Mississippi, uh, burning the towns as he came through. He used the old railroad tracks that ran in front of my house, about two miles from my house in Union, Mississippi, before he stayed the night in Bowler's Inn in my hometown. And through the years, me and my brother have found all kinds of Civil War relics. It's just, a, you know, in regards to this, the relics thing of the Union Army and the, the Confederate Army in Mississippi over the years, people still finding those relics in 2020, 150-plus years later, Denzel, you know what's always amazing to me is how much stuff they dropped. <laughs> I mean, like, they were just constantly dropping stuff. I guess clothes coming apart, buttons falling, and here and there and everywhere. Uh, yeah. Gator Nation says, I got two things. On the country, please, and text line, he says, number one, 
when you do the show at Country Pleasing, can you start at 10? <laughs> I start work at 11. Would love to meet you. Well, here's the thing about that, Gator Nation. Earlier in the show, Chicken Hawk called in with a special request. Like, I mean, I'm here to serve. He calls in and he goes, hey, can you do that on a Wednesday? I'm like, well, I don't see why not. Far be it from me to decide that I shouldn't plan things just based on what one listener wants. <laughs> why not? If it's Wednesday is what Chicken Hawk wants, he's the first to ask. Why not? Do Heck yeah, Wednesday's same as any other day to me. But to your request, I would love to grant it. But that's when the gridiron starts. They are on from 10 to noon. I, I can't come in here and just throw in my weight around and saying, hey, uh, I want to be on at that time because Gator Nation wants to come by, Chris. So I need that time slot. See, it doesn't work that way. I would have to beg and plead, you know, to switch. And I just so I don't think I can grant that one. Um, yeah, and you said number two. Did Drew Brees' comments upset you yesterday? Am I the only one that agreed with him yesterday before he gave into the pressure today? You know, I would think initially, I it, I didn't even see him or hear him initially until um, it was after the fact, really, until the apology. I have no problem with patriotism whatsoever. I'm a very patriotic individual myself. And like I said earlier, I think it's totally possible in reality to be very patriotic about the country and about the anthem and the flag and at the same time be very uh, concerned and troubled about race issues and things. I think those things aren't exclusive. They can go together. Yeah, and and I think, you know, on its surface, that's where I stand. See you all tomorrow. See you.